What's in my heart is, is, is that uh, there are many people that seek to know the will of God. Many people, they want to know things they don't know. And obviously the, the Lord is not withholding. He may withhold certain things for certain times, but as a general rule, he's not withholding or wanting to keep his people in the dark, wanting to keep them out of the know. Like, I want to obey God, but I don't know what he wants me to do, so I can't obey him. You know, that's a bummer. And it serves God no, in no way. He doesn't benefit him any for people who want to serve him, who are willing to serve him to not know what to do. And uh, it almost sounded like you stopped playing there for a moment. <laughs> 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 did, you, did, did you have that same feeling? <laughs> um, hallelujah. Other than, now, other than the, the way to greater light is to walk in the light that you have. If I want to know what to do next, I don't stop what I'm doing now. Other than a direct you know, command of the Lord. But you find, you find other steps by doing current steps, right? If you want to know what is to come, get your hand busy doing something that would be right for today. Okay, outside of that, um, I think one of, the, one of the missing elements that can happen in our lives is, uh, is simply worshiping God out of out of desire to be with him and out of no agenda, not out of trying to get, to get a word, not trying to feel, feel something, not, try, not seeking an experience per se other than I just want to worship you. And I don't mean praying hard and fast in tongues. That has its place. I'd like to do that. But I mean just with a sincere heart, going before the Lord and just worshiping Him, just honoring Him, just blessing Him, and doing that as a, a, on a consistent basis. There was this guy, actually used to work with him for a minute uh, back in Tulsa years ago when I was going to Bible school, and, and later I heard, heard him telling his stories, and he had, this in, he had this encounter where uh, it sounded like he had a number of things like this, but one of them, he, he was in his room. I, I think it was like a dorm type of room in college, if I'm getting the story right. The main part will be right for sure. So, uh, Anyway, these, two, these angels showed up, appeared to him, discerning of spirits. These angels showed up to him. And one of the things that they, they said to him and I'm getting this part mostly right again too. Yeah. Not quoting verbatim because it's been a while. But, uh, but they said, we heard, this was interesting to me and it stuck with me. These angels said, we heard that you worship God every day when you get home from work and stuff. And they were impressed with that. They wanted to see him. And obviously there was something, there was more to that with, their, with the, what they were doing there. But these angels heard that he would get home and get back to his place and his habit, just out of desire, 
he would get down and, you know, on his knees or, or, or uh, I might be making that part up, but uh, <laughs> that's my memory, but I don't know exactly, but he, in whatever posture he was, and he would just spend time worshiping God. He would just worship the Lord. And these angels, I guess that wasn't too common. I guess it wasn't, there weren't a whole lot of believers doing that. Otherwise, why are you guys so impressed? But they wanted to see the guy that, that every day would just worship God. I mean, no, when you're worshiping, you're not, you're not asking for anything. Asking for things is a fine thing. It's biblical. But just worshiping God. And that's what came up in my heart as the correct response to seeking God's will. Seeking his desire. Wanting to know what he knows for your life and what you should, what you should do. Is just stop trying to get something. It's his will that you get what you need. That you know what you need to know. Someone who wants his heart, he's not holding it back. So stop trying so hard. Stop trying to get God to do it for you. And just love on him. Just worship him. How long? Well, there's, this is not a rule. Do it as long as you want. But let it be a habit. Let it be intentional and just worship the Lord. I mean, even if you did it for a few minutes, that's better than no minutes. And if you wanted to go long, I bet the Lord wouldn't be upset with you. But you just worship him. You can sing a song, you cannot sing a song. You just worship the Lord. I don't want anything right now. I just want to worship you. What if I don't have the words? Use that word worship. Pastor Mickey and I know the story of, of Norval Hayes because wasn't it Patsy who told the story? Patsy uh, Caminetti, if you know her, uh, but she was in Brother Hagen's house. Is that to tell the story right? And Norval Hayes was, now Norval's in, in heaven now, isn't that right? He was an old time ministry, fiery preacher and, uh, and, uh, and she would watch him. He would, be, he would go in the swimming pool and just walk back and forth in the swimming pool with his hands up for what, two hours? Like, and just, he would just, I mean, that's what I remember. Tell all these stories I partially remember, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I'm getting, it's something like, but she would just, said, watched him, and he would he'd be out there walk, walking back and forth with his hands in the air, and he, he, was, he would just say, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. He was one who, when he started worshiping God, you were moved by him. Like, oh, wow. Like if he did it in public. Oh, that, that's real to you, isn't it? You know him. And he would spend time that he had great manifestations of God in his life. So, hallelujah. You want to see God move in your life more? Don't try too hard. <laughs> Just enjoy him. Amen. Praise God. You guys have anything to give? No? Thank you, Lord. Let me, let me exhort you along this line for a moment. Uh, 
about the move of the, of the, the Spirit. It, it's one of the things, maybe I should get my Bible just in case I don't want to use any verses. I don't know. Sounds good, huh? As soon as you're done with the song, I guess you can stop. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, regarding the, the move of the Spirit, that's, it's one of the things that we, of course, it becomes, it's a highlight in this, in this service. Say, what part of this service was planned? To my knowledge, none. Nothing. It was, I mean, I don't know what songs the team prepared. Some of them, I think they did, but sounds like they hit it on the head. Hit the nail on the head, you know. As far as the other things that have happened, it's just a matter of following the Spirit of God in the moment. And when you follow Him, great things happen. I mean, how many times do I give uh, a call for people to come back to the Lord? I mean, can anyone remember the last time I have? I can't. I wouldn't even plan that. I mean, without a, a leading from the Lord. I'm just saying lots of things, good things happen when you learn to follow the Spirit of God. You follow the leading of the Spirit, okay? In life, in church, good things happen. And in church, one of the things we want to learn is, uh, is discerning the, the direction of the Spirit, Yielding ourselves to gifts of the Spirit. And uh, because, you know, when you act on something the Lord gives you, manifestation happens. Meaning what's spiritual, what's in the heart of God, what's unseen and unfelt becomes a tangible reality and experience in, per in people's lives. But you have to take that step to get that to happen. Amen. And what we do is we, we often, through worship and through getting together, we start perceiving, believers do, we start becoming aware of, conscious of the presence of God, the moving of the Spirit. And then from there, it's up to, up to us sometimes to, you know, discern or interpret what he's saying, what he's doing. What, what do I do with this? Have you ever uh, had the presence of God on you like, whoo, that's real, man, that's God, whoa. And you didn't know what to do with it? I mean, I can tell you that's happened a lot of times with me. It's like, wow, God is all over me. Like, say what now? I don't know. Because there's no revelation connected to it. It's just presence. And you need revelation to act or, or leading. But sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes what we should be mindful of and cautious of is that we don't interpret everything the Holy Spirit wants to do just according to our own personal bent. And some of that comes through tradition. It comes through, you know, the type of churches we've been or church we've been associated with. Uh, in other words, some, some of us, some of us believers, some of us Christians, we, we, we magnify certain parts of what God wants to do over others. Now here, of course, we don't. We're balanced. Okay, I'm saying that by faith. 
Now, I mean, truly we seek to be. I, I want to be open to any move of the Spirit and not every time God gets to moving, I think this is what He does. You know what I'm talking uh, For example, some people sense the presence of God and they, they're going to cry. Some people sense the presence of God and they're going to laugh. Does, does that make sense? Or is, is either one of those wrong? No, it's, it's just sometimes I think it's good to ask the question, is that just me? I always respond to the Lord that way. Or did I really need to cry right now? Or every time this presence of God is, woo, hallelujah, you know, I'm just happy. Is that the right response? Or it's not wrong, but is that more me yielding to him than him moving me to do that? In some circles, the presence of God comes, it's, it's dancing. When the presence of God falls, okay, it's time to light it up now. Woohoo! And I know that in some circles it's been that way to the point where if you don't have uh, where everybody uh, gets all fired up and shouts and dances, you didn't really have church. Well, actually, you could have church and have none of that. And you can have church and have a lot of that. Right? They're, they're both of God. And, 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 and with others, it might be a prayer thing. Every time God gets to moving, well, well, we need to go in prayer. In some circles, it might be that they have a, a real heart for the nation. So God gets to moving and let's pray for the nations. Well, it's fine. That might be a leading of the Lord. But again, I'm just saying not to judge others, but inter, introspectively say, am I yielding to my bent or am I yielding to what the Spirit of God is leading me to do right now? Hallelujah. I mean, uh, one of the, one of the uh, customs, I guess, or traditions that happens in the body of Christ is, is and I don't, it, it's one of those things like, like clapping. Clapping is one of those. It becomes people's like go-to response to anything exciting. That was good. Woo! Or at the end of every worship song. Woo! <laughs> Ever seen that? Yes, you have, because it happens sometimes here. <laughs> but a lot of that is just tradition. It's just a human reaction to sensing something good. It might come from a genuine heart, a heart of gladness and, and so forth. Biblically, it's not scriptural to do that. Hallelujah. Say, <laughs> so, yeah, there's that verse. I know, there's only one. One verse in the whole Bible that tells people to clap, and it's not applause to God. It's, the connection is music and singing in the psalm there, with music and singing, clapping. That's the only time it's in the whole Bible, yet you look at churches as a whole, how much do they, how much applause is there in church? Way too much. Hallelujah. I'm just saying sometimes God gets to moving and we, we react however we want to react. And it's not always spirit-led. The best thing we can do is the more spirit-led we can be, the more manifestation of the spirit we'll have. Yeah, I don't mean it's wrong to clap for people. I think that's when it's more appropriate. Hey, give someone a hand or they did a great job, you know. I, I, I think that's more human. And uh, when it comes to praising, it's more of our words. Lifted hands is a godly, is a biblical thing. That kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
All right. I don't want to go into a long teaching on that, just throwing that out because you guys are mature. <laughs> Believers. Amen. Amen. But when it comes to the move of the Spirit, how do we know what's, what's of God, what's right? I think there are some things we can look for. When God's moving, is, it, is what's happening glorifying Him? Let me say it again. When the Spirit of God is moving and, and it is being uh, revealed, made known, or made manifest through a human being, like one of us, we need to discern and judge whether that's right. Don't we? Or aren't we told to judge prophecy? Prophecy being one of the moves, one gift of the Spirit. When someone prophesies, Christians are supposed to judge prophecy. What, why? Because just because someone opens their mouth and says, yea, thus saith the Lord, that doesn't necessarily mean, yea, thus said the Lord. I've seen the wrong ones. I've been there for the right ones, been there for the wrong ones. And it's like, yea, thus saith the Lord, and thought, oh no, that's just thus saith you. <laughs> and sometimes the spirit on it is like wrong. Sometimes you can tell real easy by the words. It's like, that's unscriptural. Or that's just critical. I've seen people bear, air their complaints in a prophecy. <laughs> I can tell, no, that person's just annoyed with some way some people are acting, and so they're going to prophesy it. It's like, that is, I don't want to be messing with that. But how many know we do need to do that? That's because people who move in the, the, move in the Spirit and, and believe in the moves of the, of the Holy Spirit, uh, we're, if we're not discernible, discerning, that kind of stuff can happen. And that's why, that's why sometimes churches like ours get a bad name. People prophesy and, and say things in the name of the Lord, and they just weren't God. And one day it's God, and the next day it's not God. By the way, that doesn't mean that, that a person who gets it wrong can't get it right the next day. I don't mean to make light of getting it wrong. I don't want to ever get it wrong. But remember Peter. Anybody remember a guy named Pete? Peter, what Jesus was, was talking one day and telling his disciples how he's going to go to the cross, suffer and die, and, and so forth. And Peter, uh, uh, let me back up. Before that happened, Jesus said, who do, son of, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Peter got a revelation of who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah, he was the son of God. And so God used it. He, he heard from God. Then Jesus starts talking about going to the cross, and Peter then immediately speaks up and says, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, Lord, not that, not, not that, that's never going to happen to you. Jesus looked at him and said, said, get behind me, Satan. So we have Peter yielding to the Father, getting a revelation from Father one minute, and then shortly thereafter getting a revelation from Satan. One where he, he's speaking inspired words out of his mouth. You are the Christ, and you are not going to the cross. <laughs> so it's possible for people to yield to good spirit, bad spirit. Yield to God, yield to something else. Now, because that's possible, because that's reality, and Peter wasn't kicked out by, of the church by the Lord for that, right? But he was set straight. But because that's a possibility, that's why we have to discern and say, yeah, this is the Lord. This is not the Lord. With our, with our Bible college students, many of them over here, what we do in our... What, what, hold on the pride. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
what we do with our Bible college students is, is we debrief the move of the Spirit every week. Every week that we can, if the service doesn't go too long. Pastor Bill. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, Pastor Mickey. <laughs> that was last week. <laughs> uh, I'm just messing with these guys. We debrief the move of the Spirit. Why? Because you, if you're ever going to do anything in ministry where God is flowing through you, you have to be able to discern what the Spirit is saying. Why he, the direction that he's leading you. Amen. And so we, we, we talk about that and get into a little more of the nitty, nitty gritty of that. Sometimes you can tell what if something is of God by, the, by who it glorifies. Remember Jesus said over in the book of John about the Holy Spirit. Uh, one, he said he would testify of me. Another place he said he would glorify me. So when the Spirit's moving, Jesus is exalted. Attention is drawn to the Lord as opposed to drawn to a person. I don't mean that when God moves that you won't see it in or through a person. That's his idea again. He uses people of all shapes and sizes and age and, and personality and everything. God uses people and he knew what he was getting into. Nevertheless, when the Spirit of God moves on someone or moves through them, there's something about it, even though we're looking at an individual, that our heart is drawn to the Lord. Whereas if someone is doing something in the flesh, it's not God, your attention is more just on them. It doesn't draw you, man, I sure love the Lord. It doesn't stir you or bring you closer to God. It brings you, you know, down to earth again. Does that make sense? Yeah. How do we know what's the Lord? Well, is it glorifying Him? Or is a person the center of the focus? Let me, let me illustrate with, uh, with worship. Times in worship, times like tonight. Uh, but there may, the Spirit of God may start to move on individuals and they begin to shout. Sometimes it's like a a spark, and then it goes out, and others join in. That's usually God. Or someone may begin to dance and just get excited. Woohoo! If if all of your attention is just like, oh, on them, that might be in the flesh. But if when you see that person, you know what I'm talking about? They're going above and beyond what everybody else is doing. They're kind of standing out. But when you see someone do it, and you're like, ha, 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 glory to God, it just resonates with you. It's like, yeah, my, I'm looking at them, but I'm not really drawn to, to them so much. It's God in them. And I, 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 wanted, and I might, might want to join in and jump with them. Does that make sense? Same thing with prophecies, with prayers, with, with, with all kinds of things of, of that nature. It's about glorifying the Lord. And we can, we can determine the move of the Spirit. And sometimes, you know, people will do, in different moves of God, I mentioned earlier, people will cry, people will laugh, and, uh, 
sometimes people have, they despise certain manifestations. They say, that's just emotionalism. Why did that person need to act that way? Well, uh, what are the results of it? Sometimes people get touched and they act in a, you know, an outstanding way, but then they go, go home and they worship God more than they did before. And the next day, they're still thinking about the Lord. Oh, you touched me last night. They want to be in the Word more. They're, they're more faithful. It's like, if that's the result, I don't care how they acted. You know what I'm talking about? I don't care if they laughed the whole service. The week following, they're closer to God before. You, you, you giddy up. Keep going with that. Amen. I'm never going to act that way. See, I don't even like that attitude. That doesn't draw me to God, critical, critical spirit. How, do we, how can we determine what's, what's of the Lord? You know, the, the, the scripture says about, about the gift of prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3, that it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. That when someone is speaking by inspiration of the Lord, prophesying, that it's positive, it's uplifting, it's encouraging. That gift, there are other gifts as well, you understand, but that gift of prophecy is for building people up. One way we can discern the, 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 if something's of God or not. Is it helping people? Is it lifting them? Is it building them up or tearing them down? Amen. Amen. Prophecies are, are, that, are that way. Think about the book of Psalms. Some of the Psalms are also words of wisdom, which is a future foretelling of something. But many of the Psalms, they're just, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name for, together, right? They're just singing praises and glorifying God. And it's, and it's in the Bible. It's prophecy. If you, ever, if you ever think, I just feel like saying glory to God. Praise him all the day long. I praise him with, a, with my words. I praise him with a song. I, 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 I think, Woo, you just prophesied. You didn't say who was the next president. You didn't, you didn't prophesy an earthquake. You just, by inspiration, gave God glory, and that's prophecy. Amen. It builds you up. It magnifies the Lord. Praise God. Sometimes you can tell uh, when the Spirit is moving, when He's moving through people, whether through you know, words of knowledge or words of wisdom or prophecy. Um, and you can tell if something's God by how it confirms something within you. You know, too many times people in the new covenant are looking to individuals to tell them what to do. They're looking to pastors or prophets, you know, evangelists, to give them direction for their life. I don't know what to do. I need someone to come and prophesy to me and tell me what to do. That's not really scriptural, you know. I mean, in the New Covenant, all believers have the same Holy Spirit. And so when words come through other people, they really should be confirmation. They really should be something that you already knew. I may have told you this before. I know I've probably told uh, students this. But when I first was uh, getting ready for ministry, going to Bible school, the, the, the time preceding that, and then while I was in Bible college, and then even the time after, even a time after that, 
I didn't tell anyone this because that would have wrecked it, but secretly inside, I was wanting someone to call me out in church and tell me that I was called to the ministry. <laughs> now, I kind of, I knew, I knew it. I was following it. I just had trouble in my head. I thought, hey, are you really? You know, what if you're just wrong about this? You're trying to do something you're not even supposed to do. That's a miserable life, right? <laughs> and so secretly, I'm doing this, and, and I would want this. It never happened. I'd be around great men and women of God who had gifts and could prophesy, and they'd look at me and get nothing. <laughs> great. God has nothing to say to me. And I even went into ministry. So I knew, I, I mean, there were things I knew for sure they were of God, that, and, but I was even in ministry, and I'm working with youth and preaching and different things, and I can remember still thinking, yeah, be nice if someone would kind of confirm that in me. <laughs> Just a little more confidence. Again, I didn't tell anybody this because I lose all credibility. <laughs> but I kind of wanted that. And then and it didn't happen, didn't happen until, until sometime later. It did happen, but then I didn't care. Seriously, I had... I, 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 over some period, whatever that time was, I became so settled, so certain, so sure. Yes, I'm called of God. There's gifts of God. I'm operating in the will of God. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm fine. I don't need that. Yay. Thus says the Lord. I have called you. I have anointed you. I have given you. It's like, I already know that. But I also think that's probably the best way. There are, it's just so much better when you get it yourself. How do you know? Well, I know because I know. I know God has led me. God has spoken to me. I'm following his will. This is what he's supposed, I'm supposed to do. Then if someone says it to you, it's like, thank you, Lord. I appreciate that, you know, confirmation. But when someone prophesies or gives a word to you and it's totally out of left field, and all of a sudden, you're supposed to change careers. You're supposed to sell all that you have. And you're supposed to, and, you, and you're like, what? You probably ought to say, what? Because if it's really God, he's going to tell you. All right. And that stuff can help. It can confirm. And, and there's times the Lord may use things that way. And, but, but, you know, the whole thing is if he never says anything to you personally about it, you have to just take that stuff and, and forget about it. Because as much as gifts of the Spirit and moves, manifestations of God can be helpful to us and beneficial in our lives, they can also be detrimental if we don't have a, a discerning heart and people are led off. You know, it's like when people are prophesying uh, people to, uh, you know, others to marry certain people. The Lord says you're to marry this person and you're to marry this person. Just say, no, thank you. I'll, I'm going to work that out between me and that person and God. Because that's a setup for failure. I think single people, sometimes they make a mistake. Godly single people that love the Lord, they make a mistake by telling people that the Lord, you know, some dude will tell this, some girl, the Lord told me you're my wife. That's called divine manipulation. <laughs> you don't want to do that. 
Say, what if the Lord really did say that? Then keep it to yourself. Until you're married. Or maybe the day of. You know, like, you're pretty sure she's not going to back out. (laughs) And you're not going to use it to, you know, force her into it. Then later say, yeah, the Lord spoke to me, or I knew this. Fine, fine, you're, you're, you're good then, but uh, uh, some of these things are used in the wrong way. Amen. How do you know something's God? Again, some, you can look at, Jesus said you'll know people, you'll know them by their fruit. And he's talking about false prophets and all this stuff. When you see someone who's living just a funky life and they're liars and all this kind of stuff, and then that, their same vo- they're lying out of one side of their mouth and then they're thus saith the Lord out of the other side, get away from that. Yeah, but then, but then some of it is you look at the results of what they say. And I, again, I don't mean that someone can't miss it and then be used of God, but they have to get things straight. You can't just miss it, 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 and never own anything. That's right. Right? God will use people who make mistakes, and we all have, we can learn and so forth, but uh, you got to look at, 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 at the fruit of the, the word. Or if we said, hey, the Spirit of God is moving this way and, it, and no one's life was changed. Eh, I'm wondering. Or thus saith the Lord and it never, it just kind of... Or it's very specific and predictive and people just get it wrong. Some of you remember just a couple years ago. Now, not here, but if you look on the internet, lots of people prophesied a certain president would, would serve two terms in a row. Consecutive, President Trump. And he didn't. Some say, he's, you know, some say, well, he'll serve two terms, not consecutive. Well, that, that, might, that may, may be. But the ones that said it'll be two consecutive, well, that's wrong. I can judge that. I don't really have to pray in tongues about it. <laughs> I, look, <laughs> I just look on TV and see that guy wandering around the stage and... No. <laughs> and I realized those, that prophecy was not correct. <laughs> right? And I say that because we know, but some people, they get so off into, into spiritual, woo, that they won't even be real with things like that. If something's either right or it's not right. And if it contradicts, it's not right. Hallelujah. Do I mean if someone, says, if someone prophesied it incorrectly that they're of the devil? No, they probably just made a mistake. They could be used of God again. And I'm not throwing anyone out for making mistakes. I don't wanna, sure don't want to set myself up that way. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Obviously, if, if we're going to discern what's of God, if anything contradicts this, that's when you throw it out right away. You know, when someone says, well, the Lord has made a special exception for me. <laughs> I know this is not right for everybody. You know, I, this, this story of the minister, you may or may not have heard this, but without details, but the minister who had some extra things going on, extracurricular activities outside of his wife. And he was in ministry. When he was confronted, he said, well, the Lord knows the pressure I'm under and how hard this is. And so he has granted me an exception 
to help me. No, that's called deception. The Lord does not contradict his word for you. And people do that with their marriages. The Lord's given me a, uh, Lord given me a way out. I married the wrong one. And so now he's saying we could just end it. No, he's not saying that. He's saying the wrong one became the right one the day you said I do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Remember when I was talking at the beginning about people who don't like to hear certain things and they, could, and they don't ever grow? Hallelujah. You guys got anything? <laughs> Praise God. Why don't we stand up? I think I've said enough. Now you can tell these services aren't planned because if you're ever like preaching a real message, that's not a conclusion. <laughs> when you write the ending, like I'm going to end with this, that's not the way you do it. So let's just pray for a moment. Father, I thank you for working in here.